everybody, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, and this is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And this show, if you're just stumbling upon it for the first time, is called Solid Steps Radio. We are a show for men, by men, talking about things from a man's perspective. We know that guys are really good at talking about sports, weather, and politics. We typically are not going to talk about sports, weather, and politics on this show. Nothing wrong with those things, but we want to talk about the things that really live beyond us. Things for life, things for eternity, and we believe here that if you as a man or woman, depending on whoever listens, but uh, that you are not fulfilling your destiny for your creation if you are not walking with the person of Jesus Christ. And we believe that firmly here, and all we want to do is just be a tool in the toolbox for any man who says, hey, I want to talk about the things of life that really matter, and we want to do a couple things. We want to tell the story that God is writing in people's lives and just anything else that will be something that can contribute you to your furthering your walk to walk more solidly with Jesus. So all that being said, thank you for listening. And today we have somebody on our show, and this is a, I think this is a first in almost nine years. I'm, I'm pretty confident that this is the first. We're going to have somebody on the show who has way more experience and credit and talent than we do on doing radio and we're really excited to have him on because I want to hear a lot of the stories, but we're having a gentleman on who's been in 36 years, give or take a, a week or two, of radio experience. And now we get to have him on our show to hear about the stories that God has written in his life. And so, yeah, listeners, you get to hear this guy that you actually hear throughout the week, Mike Beck. What, what, what a joy and delight to have you on the radio show with us. Thank you, Kurt and Chad, for having me on the program. And it's uh, 36 years just means that I wasn't smart enough to quit at some point. <laughs> just kept going. Just kept going. Mike, tell us about how, how in the world you started. I, I have um, what we were like, how do you title this whole show, you know? And it's like God works in spite of all of who we are and what we do. Well, it's, it's, it's an amazing, and I, I just want to say at the outset that even though I'm in the center of many of these stories, it's kind of my story, it's really his story. And, and that's the only reason I agreed to do this, because I'm not here to have people like me more or think that I'm some hero or did something amazing. Uh, everything that's happened to me is God. Uh, so just get that out first. But Young man got saved when I was uh, 17 years old, Father's Day, 1983. So people good with math will figure out how old I am. Um, felt a real strong uh, call to ministry in those early years. Got married young, uh, married at 20, uh, and still married to the same beautiful, lovely woman, Natalie. She's my, my best attribute. <laughs> I wish she were here because I'd be less nervous. Uh -huh. um, and um, so we're a young family, uh, had a daughter come on the scene very quickly. Uh, so we're like, wow, let's just dive into the deep end. <laughs> um, but there was a point in my life when I was 20 years old, I felt called into ministry. And I, I suspect that I was not unlike a lot of people that when the Lord calls you, you think, mm, you got the wrong guy. You know, I love you, Lord. I love Jesus. I want to serve you and do whatever, except not what you want me to do. I don't want to work like that. <laughs> I don't want to be vocational ministry. I want to just pretend <laughs> or whatever. 
Um, but I said, Lord, I tell you what, I can't be a pastor because that's what I thought ministry was. I can't do that. I don't feel qualified or equipped or prepared, but I, I like music, so I'll just I'll serve you in radio. Now, I wasn't working in radio. I had no radio background, but I loved Christian music. And I've heard people say, just go after your passion. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll do that. I'll figure that out. And it just so happens that my mother-in-law at the time lived in Fort Myers Beach down in Florida. We went down there on vacation in 1987. It was February. Um, and in the newspaper while we were there, there was an article about the first contemporary Christian rock pop station. All music, no programming. This is radical in 1987. Um, and I'm like, I want to do that. But I had no idea that, that I could do that or even how to start. I remember driving home over the bridge up I-75 or the Caloosahatchee River, and I began to weep while I'm driving. And my wife looks over at me, and she's like, are you okay? <laughs> What's wrong with <laughs> yeah, you? <laughs> you're having a meltdown. And I said, I really felt, and no, I didn't hear an audible voice, and people always get a little uncomfortable when you say the Lord spoke to me, but this is one of those moments that I'm certain that he spoke to me and through that still small voice internally and said, you're coming back here. You're going to work at that station. And so we, we chewed on that for a few months, uh, came to the summer, and we were both feeling, yeah, we need to go to Florida. But I didn't know anyone at the station, didn't have a job there, had no invitation to come. Uh, we said, no, we're, we're moving to Florida. We packed up our stuff, uh, got a U-Haul, and moved out of town the day before my birthday uh, in 1987, which was October, no, it was October 7th. We left, stayed overnight on and uh, drove in a roving town on October 9th. We pulled into Fort Myers. That was the day. Here you are. That was the day that Way FM signed on the air. And uh, we were able to hear it on the radio because we were looking for it. We knew that they were supposed to come on the air soon. And we arrived in town the same day they signed on. Uh, I still knew no one there and didn't even know where the station was located, but I could hear them. So I figured I've got to get a a demo tape because somebody told me, if you want to get on radio, you've got to do a little recording and send it to them because they were looking for announcers, volunteers, by the way, not paid. And I uh, went to a place over in Cape Coral, somebody's garage, and I had no idea what I was doing. So I talked over Petra songs and some Whiteheart songs and acted like a DJ, and I gave a couple of scriptures and a couple of encouraging words and a fake concert promo and sent this cassette into the radio station and got a call the next week. Would you like to be a volunteer? Do on air. Bingo. So November 9th, 1987 was my very first air shift. Uh, Just a weekend volunteer from midnight to six. And that was the beginning. Uh, Within a year, I had moved up and worked my way up to getting paid, which was really nice. I worked during the day, did radio overnight. It was uh, quite a lifestyle you, you you're the guy who who asked you to come in said we really didn't like you no he didn't we really didn't like what you had but you you did something that nobody else did yes what, what did you do the guy was jim chanel uh known as captain whammo in the old days in pop radio in chicago he'd 
became a Christian, moved to Fort Myers, and was the PD program director. And he said, Mike, because uh, I'd asked him years later why he hired me, because I knew I was bad. And he agreed. <laughs> He's like, yes, you were bad. You were very bad. But you included a scripture. You were the only one of all the demos that I received to actually use scripture on the air. And he said, that's what we were looking for. And that was the beginning. And um, within six years, I moved from an overnight weekend volunteer to the assistant station manager, the program director, and the chief operator, which means that I'm on the hook if the FCC were ever to audit the station, which they did once. We passed, thank goodness. Um, but the Lord did far above and beyond anything that I could have imagined. He kept his promise. Well, before we started, you prayed in your prayer, Lord, take, would you take these fish and loaves and would you just multiply it? And God's, that's what he does. He does. Every time. He's, and he's the God of uh, he, he's the God of miracles and the God of grace and blessings. And the older I get, the more perspective I have, the more I realize that. And it dawned on me several years ago, I was in flat out rebellion. I mean, if you want to be strip it all away, he told me to do X, and I said, kindly, no. I'll do Y. Now God could have just said, okay, fine, you're on your own. But instead, he showed his grace and his kindness and his mercy to me that even in my rebellion, he blessed me and he prepared me for things that would come, uh, many, many things that I didn't expect. Uh, he was paving a path even through my rebellion. And I realized he did the same thing to the children of Israel. Although he led them into the wilderness, he didn't abandon them there. Mm. He stayed with them. You're reminding me of Moses, and that's, that's just so cool. <laughs> it's yeah. the hair. Yes. <laughs> we're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to hear more about what a journey this has been in Mike's uh, career. And one thing you'll see constantly, he hit on it already, is you see the hand of God going ahead of Mike, with Mike, in spite of Mike. And guess what? The same thing for me and anybody who's listening. So we're going to take a break, come back, and hear more about the story that God wrote in Mike's life here on Solid Steps. Hadley Sign Solutions. Owner Chris Hadley has 35 years experience in design, manufacturing, and the installation of commercial exterior electrical signage. He can help promote your business in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. Call him at 502-419-7228. That's 419-7228. Or you can email him at HadleySignSolutions at gmail.com. That's HadleySignSolutions. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire or want to talk about retirement, whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down, come up with your plan that you uh, need to have, or talk about your plan that you have in place and see if it's a good fit. Dan Hart Financial. So in our last segment, we introduced Mike Beck, who has been on the radio for, has been on the radio for over 30 years collectively. And uh, last time we left Mike in his timeline, he went from a volunteer to now the station manager. Assistant. Assistant station manager, program director at Way FM. And then God God says, okay, Mike, I got I got more things for you. And just as 
uh, kind of your trademark. You were first-time obedience and immediately did exactly what God told you to do, like the rest of us. Sure. <laughs> slightly different story, but close. Uh, yeah. It was very specific again. The Lord, it was a beautiful season. Loved Way FM, loved the people, loved what we did. It was glorious. It truly was a great season in my life, and I'm grateful, forever grateful to have been a part of it. Um, May 23rd, 93, the Lord again whispered, whispered quietly in my heart that it was time to go, that he was going to move me back up here and take me away from that. And my season had ended there. So I went to my pastor and said, the Lord's telling me to leave. What should I do? <laughs> I don't want to go. He said, you better do what the Lord tells you. I said, no, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> we bought a house. I'm staying. <laughs> and so I just, I went on my merry way. Now, it was a weird summer, but I just kept on plugging. And then in October, uh, something happened that uh, I won't get into all the details, but ultimately, God said, when I told you to go, I meant now. Uh, and if you won't go, I'll help move you. And I got fired from WayFM. Talk about humiliation. To be fired from a Christian radio station, you've got to be like the worst person ever to get <laughs> fired from a Christian radio station. It was very embarrassing, very shameful. And it was oddly, I could prove that I hadn't done what I'd been accused of, but it really didn't matter because I, deep in my heart, I knew the Lord said, I told you. God, God was go. saying. It's like he gets a little less gentle each time. And uh, so rough season, rough season, trying not to lose money selling the house and trying to figure out how to come back here and, Started a business, and uh, also in that time, we started a radio show because I felt still felt called to radio. Uh, we created a syndicated radio show called Soul to Soul where we would interview Christian artists um, and ask the Lord, you know, is this, if this can be used of you, uh, help us get started on 25 stations, and that was April of 94. Uh, we started with 100, and the show kind of took off from there and went on for 25 years, and there's Lots of stories in that. But God blessed me in that transition. And in starting a business, uh, helped me get my feet underneath me there as well. And I came back to New Albany, where I was from, and uh, started an audio production business that became an audio and video production business over time. And uh, strange, weird circumstances, we end up becoming the, the vendor for a small company, uh, locally based, that makes pizza. Uh, you may have heard of them. They, they have better ingredients. We'll just say that. <clears throat> we know that because it's been litigated. Uh, Papa John's, uh, I ended up becoming the voice, uh, the message on hold for Papa John's and some other things. Uh, not always all the TV or radio, but sometimes, but almost always message on hold. So if you call to Papa John's for 25 years, they that, got your voice. That was me. <laughs> and you probably hated hearing me because you really just wanted to order a pizza and not hear the ads of the day. But, but it was a great, uh, great run and got to meet Papa and the team over there and, and did it for 25 years, That's which is that, really awesome. That is very cool. Talk to our listeners also about you got to interview all these people. You, you were telling me uh, before we even started the show, you got to interview Amy Grant and, you know, all, just a host of <laughs> folks over the years. Yeah, Soul to Soul was an amazing period of my life. Uh, and I'm so, again, humbled and grateful 
that I was able to be a part of it. Uh, God opened doors through that because there was a season in radio where the biggest problem in Christian radio, and I would say it still persists, is that Christians don't know the artist. It, there's not the mechanisms or the, the marketing machine like behind the ma- major pop or rap or modern country artists. The, there's plenty of ways to learn all about them, but Christian artists, not so much. So we figured if we could interview these artists, help them tell their story, uh, that would introduce them to the people that love their music and it would create relationships and also give God the glory for all the good things that he's doing. And um, the Lord grew that show. It ended up at at its peak. It was at 780 stations in 44 countries. And every week they say we were heard by about 13 million people around the world. I joke and say there was 10 million Mandarin, you know, (laughs) in China. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just awed at that because I think of where I was at. And sometimes I'm producing it in my basement, in my home studio. And I'm thinking this is going out and, literally heard all over the world and it's it's a it's an amazing thing but you get to talk to you go to amy grant's house and uh she makes you chicken salad sandwich and that's just normal uh it's it's bizarre or, <laughs> to, to tell our listeners some of your fate uh, uh, just a couple real quick of your favorite interviews of of artists oh mercy uh, <laughs> there's so many great interviews and some great opportunities one was uh kathy lee gifford and, you know, Kathy Lee's very famous, very much the way that she is on TV is how she is in person. She um, always says more than she should. Um, in this particular interview, this was after the Franks affair. There had been a lot of, quote, scandals in her life. Kathy Lee had produced a gospel album. We were asked to do the interview. We, it was Gospel Music Week. I forget the year. Um, but we're in a hotel room that always passed for little portable studios in that time. We went in there and the publicist grabbed me in the hallway and said, now listen, do not ask about the affair. Don't bring it up. Do not talk about the sweatshops in China or wherever they were at. You know, they were making her clothes. Don't bring that up. And then don't bring up the kids, Cassidy and Cody. I'm like, no problem. I'm not here to talk about any of that. I'm here to talk about her gospel album and let her tell the stories of faith and the things that are important to her. So we get in and we ask the first question. I say, Kathleen, you know this song? And I don't remember the specific songs. But I said, tell me about this song. And she goes, oh, that song was so important to me after Frank's affair. And she goes into the affair story. And the publicist is over there squirming on the bed. And you're like, mm, looking at me with daggers. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> so then I'm like, so I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, shift gears, change gears on her. I'm like, okay, that's great. Can, you know, let's move on. Talk about another song. Oh, that song was so important to me because that we recorded that right after that article about the sweatshops came out and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm bailing the publicist is about to pull her hair out. And, and we go, I try to bounce to another song. She goes, Oh, that song reminds me of my children, Cody and Cassidy. And then she starts, and she's like, are you married? <laughs> like, like she's trying to hook somebody, find somebody for Cassidy at that point. And I was like, I, you know, I didn't even know what to say. It just, it, and the whole, the publicist left the room. <laughs> and Kathy Lee was so sweet, gave me a hug afterwards, said, this was the best interview. And I'm like, I'm dead. I'm a dead man in Nashville. I can never come back to this town. That was a great interview. Um, 
Speak, you'll, you'll never forget. Yeah, never forget it. Uh, speaking to Rich Mullins uh, a few days before his death, we have one of the last interviews he ever gave. Uh, some things that he said that day still challenge me, mm. and I he he was so profound and so um, elegant, meaning he could say a lot in a very few words, and um, it really broke my heart when he passed. And then I realized what treasure we had in that interview. And we've shared it in a number of places over the years uh, with others. Um, just because Rich is gone now and it's been a long time, but his words really still make me think and um, miss him a lot. Talk to our listeners about how you, you would have never dreamt that you would be in 780 radio stations 40 countries around the world, 13 million people, and then and, and God just opened that door. It, it, it's so far beyond anything that I ever dreamed. It, it really reminds me of the scripture that he does exceedingly and abundantly above anything we can even think or ask. Uh, we just wanted to help Christian radio. You wanted to get in 25 stations. 25. <laughs> And and the Lord just blew the doors off and, and gave me memories and relationships and friendships that will last a lifetime. What a gift. Yeah. What a gift. Chad, when you hear all that, what comes to your mind? That Mike Beck isn't that good. And I say that meaning nobody could be. I mean, you, you couldn't have enough talent with the resume anybody would have to be able to get that pulled off. That is like, it's just beyond your, your measure. So we're going to take a break and come back. And, and uh, just when you think the story's over, right? Uh, Mike's like, I don't need any more testimony, right? We're done. God continues to work because he just loves us too much to leave us alone. And so we're going to hear more about Mike's story here about how God intervened in spite of him. And this is a story, guys, for all of us. It's the same thing for you and me. So we'll take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Stuff. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal has been a sponsor of our show since the beginning. If you need your teeth cleaned, overall dental health, Dr. Eric Veal can take care of you. He's got two locations in the Louisville area, one in Iroquois Park area, and then the other in eastern Jefferson County. That's Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And Frank Enterprises, they are a professional septic tank, landscaping, and wastewater management company. If you have water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, or you have septic tank issues or any landscaping needs, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. Their years of experience will come through, and you will be thankful you called them. So if you heard or missed, actually, the first two segments, go to our Facebook page, go to SoundCloud or your, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, and just type in Solid Steps Radio. You'll be able to hear the show it's in, in its entirety. And we've been listening to Mike Beck talk about his journey from volunteer at a radio station to now being in front of or listening to 13 million people for almost 25 years. <laughs> and my, I, I, Mike, I love this story, how Faith Hill and Tim McGraw saved your neck. <laughs> Tell our listeners about this story. Wow, I will do it as quickly as I possibly can. Uh, and if you if you ask them today about me, uh, they wouldn't know my name. They don't even know. They have no idea what they did in my life or how 
the Lord used them in my life. But um, at, at the key moments of transition in my life, the voice of the Lord always seemed to appear. He always, he always came. Uh, when it was time to move to Florida, he was there. When it was time to leave, he was there. Uh, and there were a couple other things in the interim as well. The Lord was always, he would always kind of give me a little heads up, and I, I would always stick my feet in the sand and try to resist a little bit, but it got better over time. But the last time, he didn't speak, and I didn't see this coming. There was no warning. But um, by 2008, you know, I'd had my business for a number of years. We'd become very successful, had a uh, a number of employees. We were doing really well financially. And by the fall of 2008, we were the Southern Indiana business of the year, small business of the year. Uh, One Southern Indiana, the chamber of commerce gave us that award. And I was very humbled and honored and so grateful because I realized that, you know, God again, kept the promise. He brought me home, uh, picked me up out of the mud, (laughs) cleaned me off and helped me grow a business that became successful and, that was to his glory, not mine. Um, and then it changed. It changed because the world had changed, and I didn't, I didn't pick up the signals. Um, we had moved into a new facility, built it out, spent a lot of money on that, uh, and business people will understand lines of credit. I'd had a line of credit for a number of years, but really hadn't used it, used it a lot that year. Uh, and then the bank called the line, and it triggered a series of, changes that the world was feeling. 2008, 2009 was the housing crisis and it was a financial crisis and a lot of businesses began to pull back and it hurt us tremendously. And by the first quarter of 2009, I was upside down about a quarter million dollars. And I don't say that. (laughs) I never said that out loud publicly, (laughs) Uh, but it was a hard time. And in that time, uh, the only solution I could see in the, the immediate was we simply were bleeding cash. And the only solution to keep the company afloat and to keep the employees paid was that I would stop being paid. And so that was a scary proposition. But just as it may happen, the Lord was always working and preparing. 2007, uh, Faith Hill and Tim McGraw went out on their Soul to Soul tour. Country music fans will probably be familiar with their tours. What they didn't know was that they didn't have the right to use that name. That was trademarked. We we owned that trademark for soul to soul. In every, every form you could think of, we had locked it down, including concert tours. Uh, so they licensed it uh, from us uh, in the previous year. In 2008, they wanted to do it again. And so they, they decided instead of coming back and just licensing that, Again, what if we just bought the name? And that was a little scary because we had a radio show that was in a lot of places at that time. We were still still ascending uh, a number of stations and markets and countries around the world and wasn't going to give up the name. We had a lot of equity. Uh, they made us an incredible offer, an incredibly generous offer. As a matter of fact, one of those too-good-to-be-true offers that they would give us a large sum of money And with that, they would own the name, and they would license it back to us. So you could still use it. We could use it ad infinitum, forever, as long as we kept it alive, kept using it for a purpose. And even to this day, the Soul to Soul website, s2sradio.com, is still active. 
and uh, that's keeping that ad infinitum active. Uh, but we could use it for any purpose we wanted to. Um, but that all transpired and took place right about March 2009. And the share of that money that was apportioned to me was enough to provide for my family for three years. So right when I had to stop being paid in my business, God orchestrated Faith Hill and, Faith Tim, Hill McGraw. and Tim McGraw to, <laughs> to support my family. <laughs> what a deal. And I'm very grateful to them. I wish I could have at least got a pair of concert tickets just once. <laughs> just want to meet them once. I, and, and, and truly, in this life, if God opened the door for me to just tell them this story, I would love that opportunity. So if somebody out there knows them, <laughs> give me a call. Um, Mike Beck would love to connect yeah, with them. Yeah. That, that, what a, the, I, when, you, uh, that, when you shared that story with me, what a, that's so cool. I, I want to I, I transition now because God really had called you in your probably heart of hearts in 1985 to pastoral ministry. But up to this point, you had not been into ministry in, ministry in, in that way. But God's not done yet. I'd said at the time, I'll, do, I'll serve you for the rest of my life my way, not your way. And he was very patient with me and very gracious, far beyond what I deserve. Um, but that season changed. And, and even though we were being paid, I knew that this was not a sustainable life. And I, I started feeling the weight of that. And even though the company was stabilized, it wasn't getting better. The economy was rough for a number of years, and I wasn't getting out of it. And by 2012, <clears throat> I found myself on the floor of my bedroom. Uh, I'd just gotten to the point where the weight of it all. And I, I really think it wasn't just the weight of the economy or the weight of the, the money situation, the weight of the business. It was the weight of the disobedience. And I don't even, I don't even think I knew that until later. But I realized that I'd, I had done the one thing I should never do, which was tell him no. And, and so in that moment, January 12th, 2012, I'm literally flat on the floor in the bedroom. I don't normally pray that way, but I, I was just broken, literally broken. And I was weeping, and I just said, God, I'm sorry. I, if I have to go bankrupt, I go bankrupt. If I lose everything, I'm just asking that you don't, that I don't lose my family, but I'm done. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I, and I meant it. Truly meant it. I was done. I was done disobeying. And all the great things and all these wonderful stories that some of which I've shared today, they meant nothing because I had not obeyed and I knew it. And I sat there after praying and weeping and just kind of sat there on the floor leaning up against the bed and my cell phone rang. And it was a number I didn't recognize. It turned out to be the Indiana District Superintendent for the Assemblies of God which was a church that I attended the AG church over in New Albany, and I'd taken some classes to become credentialed because I was teaching a Bible study, and I just felt like I should. He said, Mike, I got your name. And I don't normally do this. Matter of fact, I've never done this because you're not credentialed yet, <laughs> but I know you will be because uh, he'd already seen my test scores. And uh, he said, I, I really believe God wants you to be the pastor at this church in Scottsburg. 
And I, I, I literally, my mouth was hanging open. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It was 55 minutes from the time I prayed to the time I got the call. And went to that church there. I, I think he asked if I'd go up there. Said, yeah. Got there. There were, well, there were four people initially. Um, but one lady didn't like me. <laughs> so she didn't last. So, so, so you're down to three. Down to three. So you and, lost a third of your church in one one meeting. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> and uh, Chad's got more kids than you had at the church. <laughs> I was like, I say, God, this is not a church. This is not even a small group. This is, and and I, I'm like, I, I wanted so desperately to say no, and I looked for every reason to say I can't do this, and I found out later that if I said no, they were going to close that church. Uh, they were just going to shut it down. And I didn't know that at the time, or that would have been pressure. But I said, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know how to do this, but I'll do it. And God has planted me in that church, and I've been there for 11 years. And God has grown the church and blessed the church. It's debt-free. Uh, it, it's giving 20% of its income back out every month in missions and support of local charities and efforts. And God has blessed far beyond anything I could have imagined. Wow. We're going to take a break, come back, and hear one final segment, talk about what does ministry look like now in Mike Beck's life. So we're going to take a break, be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Ellen and Credit Union has been around the Louisville, Kentuckyana area for decades. They can help you with every financial need that you have, whether it's personal, commercial, you need a home loan, car loan, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you and all of your financial needs. Bright Star Home Care, if you have someone that you love and care for that needs in-home care, whether they need one visit a week or they need 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care is your very first contact to start that process and find out what's best for you and your loved one. We also want to thank podloo.com. That's the Louisville Podcast Studios. If you want to do a professional sounding podcast or video cast, you want to look and sound great, Louisville Podcast Studios is your contact. Go to podloo.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. So if you haven't heard the first three seconds, I'm going to sum it up for you. If you're listening and just tuning in, uh, we're with Mike Beck, and he has a story where he was basically started off as a volunteer at a radio station as a young lad, and then became a assistant uh, program or assistant general manager to a radio station. Then had a radio show that was syndicated for 25 years, heard by 13 million people. And Mike, one of the things I hear in your story is that the consistency of the things, the grace that God gave you in spite of your disobedience. Meaning, when God asked you to do something, you were very negotiating with him. <laughs> I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it on my terms. And yet, I had just said in the break, if you could write the past 40 years of your professional life and say, okay, what would you like your 40 years to experience and do? You probably wouldn't even wrote it as good as he did. Right. No, not even close. And so that being said, what do you what do you learn? What, what do you learn and take forward with that now moving forward? And what would you say to the guy listening about listening to the Lord and obeying Him when He calls? I would say that 
that immediate obedience is greater than anything that I've experienced thus far. Mm. Uh, and I don't know what that would look like because I didn't do it, to be perfectly frank. I've, I've only, in the last several years, have really been intentional about if I sense the Lord say to do it, I do it. And then I, I don't question it. I just do it. And, and sometimes it doesn't seem to, quote, work out the way I think it would. But, but I'm, I've learned that I'm not the one in charge of my story. Uh, I'd love to take credit for all these things. And there are lots of men, especially, that like to think that we're the, we're the boss of me. <laughs> Trust me, guys, you ain't. You ain't the boss of you. There is a greater force in the universe, and he is in control. Uh, we feign control. We act like we're in control. Uh, but in the end, uh, we will answer to him for all the things that we've said and done and all the things that we didn't do. And while I'm grateful for the many ways lives have been changed, um, and God has used us, and there are people that, are, that will be in heaven because of the ministries of Way FM and Soul to Soul and uh, the work we did with Audiacom over the years, the work that continues here at Pure Radio. I love this. I love that he allows me. And his grace is, when I said, I'm done with radio, I quit. Tom calls me and says, would you come? And I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I do love radio. And that's the, just the, how good he is, guys. So if, if you think that you're going to lose something by being obedient, you couldn't be more wrong. Mm. You will never lose obeying. You'll never lose obeying. But the church has been a, it's been a blessing to me. It's changed my life. I didn't ha think I had the heart to pastor and I didn't. That's what I found out. I didn't have a heart to pastor. God gave me one. Mm. He changed me dramatically over the course of a few years. First got there, there were about three people, literally three people, other than my wife, my daughter, and me. And now we were in the 30s. It's still not a huge powerhouse church, but I don't think God wants it to be. But the people we have are, they love Jesus. They got mess. They got stuff going on. But they're trying, and they're hearing, and they want him. And it's, it's been the greatest privilege of my life to pastor uh, that church. And if I never do anything else, then that was enough. And uh, so I'm grateful for that, and that I still get to do voice work, and I still get to be on the radio. I, it, again, every time I— you, you, you get the double blessing. I do, and I, I don't deserve it, and I— I, I don't even know if I have the courage to ask him why, because I'm afraid I don't know. I don't know that I want to know the answer. I just am grateful. Um, I have a beautiful children, a beautiful wife. And in some ways, my life has been storybook. In other ways, it's been a horror story at different times. Um, but I think, and, and I've always hesitated to tell many of these stories, because I know a lot of people are going through a lot worse stuff than me. And a lot of guys got it really hard, and life is not seemingly handing them a fair shake or a good deal. And, you know, they go from difficulty to difficulty. And one of the things that the Lord impressed upon me, and I always get nervous when other people say, the Lord told me this. And I'm always cautious as a pastor or a minister to go around uh, spouting off as if I have the uh, hotline. But I do believe the Lord still speaks. And, and in a prayer time recently, I felt like the Lord said many people want to, share the glory 
of Jesus and then the, the blessings and the benefits of him. But very few want to share in his sufferings. And I thought, oh, that is so important for us in this time because the world is changing under our feet. And if you're a believer, especially if you're listening to this show, hopefully you have a relationship with Jesus in some form or fashion. And you've been brought here for a reason to hear us and mostly to hear from him. And I would just say to you that embrace the difficulty because you're a man and the show is for men. So I'm going to speak to guys just for a minute. You've been called. You have been called to stand. You've been called to lead. You have been called to take the arrows. You've been called to take the heat and to fight hard things and to bear scars and to seemingly get broken in the process. Give it all and don't hold anything back. Because in the, in the day and age we live, it, I hate to tell you this, it's not going to get easier. This world is not headed for some sort of apocalyptic perfection. That is coming, but not in the way that we want it. The world is changing, and it's time for the church to stand, much like the first century church did, to realize that it's not about temporal success, it's about eternal success. And the sacrifice that you make in this life for your family, on the job, for your spouse, defend your wife, protect her, fight for your kids, honor God, do those things. And they're not going to make you a hero in a lot of people's eyes, but they'll make you a hero in God's eyes. Oh, amen. Amen. You know, well, as you're talking, Mike, there's just a verse that just keeps coming into my mind. It's Paul speaking to his young protege, Timothy. He said, Timothy, join with me in suffering for the gospel. And, you know, in, in this broken world that we live in, Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Then we kind of stop there. But then he goes on and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. And um, I think you're speaking, brother, some powerful truth there. Um, Mike, it's been an absolute blast to have you. I'm, I'm grateful for the privilege, and I'm hopefully that the story will help people. I really don't want people to think I'm some kind of great guy because I'm really not. <laughs> but God is worth all the glory. Well, the God who lives in you is awesome. And uh, he's shining his light. And thanks for sharing your story because it is his story. And uh, would you pray for us? Pray for us guys that we would embrace suffering and we would embrace obedience to him. Would you pray for us? Sure. Heavenly Father, we do come to you. Uh, we do call you Abba today. So there are times that we need a dad to walk alongside us and put an arm around us and to remind us that it's okay. Father, I pray for all the men that are hearing this today, that, that they would overcome their fear, that they would have a strength, a source of strength within them rise up that would be equal to the challenge of the day, of the hour, of the moment that they're in. Lord, I can't possibly know where everyone is at and what everyone is facing. But one thing I do know and this I know for sure, that you are there with them and that you have promised to never leave them, never forsake them, and to provide for them 
everything they need in that moment. Father, help them to remember that success isn't always what we would call a victory, but success is what you define it as, and that some of the greatest successes I think of, I think of the cross as a success. I think of the, the, the stoning of Paul was a success. And he would tell you the same. Father, I pray for every man that they would have courage today and that they would be men of valor. I ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So you hear Mike's story and you think, man, what a story. But how much of your story is in his story of somebody going places they would have never gone had God not taken them there? How about you start praying that prayer from now until to the time you die? <laughs> Lord, take me to places I will never be able to go unless you take me there for your glory. That's what I think about when I hear Mike's story. And that's what God wants to do in your in your life. So thank you for listening to Solid Steps. With every step I take, I am standing.